Welcome into another Seattle Hawk Talk Extra Point Podcast. Talking about the Seattle Seahawks, where have they been last week and where they're headed this week. Kind of a goofy week with Thanksgiving. Games in the middle of the week. Monday Night Football, we got Thanksgiving Day, couple of games. And of course, the Seattle Seahawks back at it again after uh, playing the Thursday night game last week. Gave us a little bit of extra time to kind of heal up some of the bumps and bruises. So in Carolina, back on the road again, we'll talk about it with a lot of extra points coming up next. Back on the road again, headed to Carolina to take on Cam Newton and his boys. And uh, you know, one of the good things is, and we talk about a little of the bumps and bruises and everything, and and I think specifically about uh, Rashad Penny, who uh, ran about 82 yards to gain 30 last week, came up gimping a little bit, came out of the game for a little while. It was all about an ankle. Speaking of ankles, J.D. McKissick, our guy, he back again. He broke a bone in his foot, and it uh, looks like he's uh, back at practice here uh, first part of the week. And, we, you know, we've talked about this before. All of a sudden, we've got a very crowded backfield and uh, there is one guy that we would uh, just as soon see uh, go home. But uh, in any event, uh, J.D. McKissick coming back again. That's good news. Michael Kendricks coming back after uh, all of the kerfuffle about that. And very, very excited to see him back on the field again. So a lot of good stuff in terms of players coming back into the fold again. But uh, let's take a look back. What was your, uh, what was your overall opinion of uh, this last game, last Thursday? Well, you know, it's a great, well-fought battle, of course. Loved watching the defense play as well as they did. But some of those old demons started to rear their ugly head. And, you know, you and I talked about it uh, during the game. Just like to see Russell continue to do the things that have brought us, you know, kind of back into the winning fold. And that is, you know, getting rid of the ball on time and hitting the receivers in, you know, in stride. And, you know, you got... You and I have noticed it, and we can't unsee it, and we continue to look at it. And it, it love me some Russell Wilson when he's playing well and doing all the things that he should be. But lately, quite frankly, he's not throwing the great ball that he has in the past. You know, he he flat out missed on some stuff. Watching his deep ball seems to be just a bit off, and his timing is as always and as it has been for the past few seasons. And our biggest complaint continues to be off, and he he really needs to get that under control if we're going to make a really you know really solid up down the stretch push. And the good news is the running game is really rocking on, and uh, you know we got uh, pretty healthy there. You know, I, I mean you're always getting a little bit banged up, but uh, Chris Carson still uh, running like a wild man, and Rashad Penny all of a sudden starting to look like not looking like a rookie let's put it that way yeah finally Rashad Penny is kind of showing the nation not just us and not 12s who've done their research but showing everybody else why we drafted him in the first round you know he still has ways to go and I'm looking forward to seeing his development over the you know the course of the remaining part of the season and into the offseason and I'm really excited about him next season um, but you're starting to see that decisive one cut you know get downfield you know, even though he does the, you know, 30 or 82 yard, you know, cutbacks for 30 <laughs> yards kind of a run last week, in which Russell Wilson, of all people, had an interesting comment. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that you saw it. But Russell told him, you know, that's only going to work once, says the guy who bails out of the pocket. 
all the time in the same direction. The bottom line is Penny is starting to run behind his pads and be decisive and start to run, uh, starting to run downhill. Still looks a little um, tentative inside of the tackles. You know, looks a whole lot better when he gets out in space. That's the thing that we really need to develop is getting him comfortable in between the tackles. Between the tackles in the NFL is an intimidating place, you know. Aaron Donald, Sue, Von Miller on the outside crashing down. I mean, that it can be an intimidating place. You got some big, massive, you know, human beings that are running around with bad intentions for you, the running back. So, yeah, I, I get it, man. But you know, this is the NFL, and you know, we drafted you to be an you know one through three kind of a ball carrier, and that means I need you to be able to run between the tackles, especially in this offensive scheme. Well, you know, hopefully we'll stay healthy through the uh, course of the season because, uh, and not just us, but a lot of people are saying, oh yeah, man, their backfield is stacked. You know, I was listening to some uh, NFL conversation here just recently, and they were talking about how strong our backfield is. Love to see uh, uh, J.D. McKissick get back out there again. I I think he really brings something special to the team, so really looking forward to that. He's back. He's healthy. He's back at practice, and uh, Coach is saying, yeah, we're going to give him probably a couple of weeks to get kind of back in the swing of things. Let me just close uh, my side of the offensive conversation with, I think it's very interesting and very telling that the beginning of the season, we had every talking head in the nation talking about how bad the Seahawks team is going to be. And, you know, now the backfield is crowded and the run game can't be stopped. And I think that's an incredible testament to somebody that we, you know, a group of people that we haven't mentioned in this podcast yet. And that is our offensive line is beating the crap out of people and they're playing bully ball in a big way. Our offensive line is really making it happen up front. And that's why our backfield is able to do so well. And we've been averaging like 150 yards a game or something Mm -hmm. over the past you know, five weeks. Let's go to the other side of the ball because jacked up excited. Both of us real big fans of Michael Kendricks, and it's great to see him back. Still still got to miss a couple more games to uh, fulfill his eight-game suspension, and they'll give him a couple of weeks as well to get him all kind of tuned back up again. But uh, one of the things Pete said about him, and I think that we both agree, really a well-rounded football player, and I think, uh, you know, as much as we love our guy Calitro, boy, Michael Kendricks, uh, he's just uh, he's just got a little something extra special there that uh, makes him my first choice. He really does. He brings a level of intensity. You know, he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which Seattle Seahawks traditionally through the Pete Carroll era have been excited and enjoy having, you know, guys with that little bit of edge to them. Um, Michael Kendricks has something to prove to the rest of the NFL, and he's going to do that wearing a Seattle Seahawks uniform. Very excited to see that, uh, excited to see him back. Uh, somewhere in the December 10th time frame. It's really, really good timing. Kalitro gives us really good minutes, and they're really solid. Um, I think Kendricks adds a dimension to the blitz packaging uh, because I think he blitzes a lot better than Kalitro. He just, you know, he, he kind of gets in there, puts his nose in, and, you know, just gets in there with reckless abandon. And it's uh, it, it, it gives us the ability to put that extra pressure on, on those quarterbacks and make them not as comfortable. And, you know, quite frankly, the guy was a monster when he was playing with us uh, the couple of weeks that he did. So uh, pretty excited to see him come back. And the defense as a whole, you know, that is that is kind of a hole that we have at the moment, given the fact that KJ is pretty banged up and, you know, really would like to see KJ kind of take it easy. You know, I hate hate to say that for a guy that I like so much in K.J. Wright, but 
like to see him take it easy and, you know, not do any permanent damage to that, you know, knee of his right. uh, and really get healthy. Yeah. Uh, another extra point that we uh, have talked about is the uh, defense has forced 16 turnovers over their first seven games. Uh, tied for third uh, in that uh, in that span of time, but the interesting things and, and the interesting thing, and this kind of goes to the Michael Kendricks thing, and um, you know the defense being being all whole, I guess best way to say that, uh, because yeah, KJ really does need to just take a little bit more time, maybe just keep him to a snap count. But in the last three games, we haven't had any takeaways, and Pete Carroll has always said that's one of the parts of the game that he really stresses because of the way it can really turn a game around. One of the guys that's really kind of helping things is Frank Clark having a bang-up season and, of course, looking for a contract at the end of the season. Uh, he's making a pretty good case for it. Tied his career high with 10 sacks this season. So far, it gives him 29 since the uh, start of the 2016 season, seventh most in the NFL. But uh, 10 so far, and we're only halfway through the season. Clark is having a bang-up season this year. Yeah, so let me kind of put this in order here. So the takeaways, um, I think it is actually a, a, a little bit of a problem and a little bit of a worrisome thing for me. Uh, I would really like to see uh, Trey and Shaq do a little bit better job about breaking on the ball. I know they're trying to play conservative back there and not let anything get, get behind them, but you know that was the great thing to watch with Brandon Browner and Richard Sherman was they always kind of had a, a sense of when to make, you know, kind of gamble on one and make a, make a break on a ball. And, and, you know, you always had safety help over the top that, you know, and one of the best in the game in Earl to back you up if, if the gamble didn't play out. So would really kind of like to see those guys settle into their comfort level with Bradley and Tedrick and, and start to make some of those breaks. And, you know, I think we can start to come away with some of those interceptions and takeaways that we're kind of famous for, you know, quite frankly, in the Pete Carroll era. With Frank Clark, yeah, man, got to love motivated players. <laughs> and Frank <laughs> looks motivated. But also very indicative of what the interior defensive line is doing. Frank Clark doesn't get those sacks if he's, you know, getting double and triple team because no one's worried about what we're doing in the middle. People are worried about what we're doing in the middle because there's guys that are getting great push and, uh, you know, making some plays up there. You know, Jefferson is having himself a pretty good season, too. You know, and on the other side, you got a couple kids that are doing and developing into pretty good little pass rushers. So, yeah, excited about the defensive line as a whole. And Frank Clark really, you know, making the, making the most of his opportunities. Always good to see, and you know, I'm really excited to see what Frank Clark can do in the close of the season, and really make that push for you know the contract coming up this year. But that also brings up something that you knew that I was going to probably talk about, and that is what you do with Russell Wilson also makes what you do with Frank Clark work. So it's going to be an interesting off season for the Seattle Seahawks for sure, and Frank Clark is making it even more interesting. Well, and the deal, too, is is that you've got a lot of other guys that have been on one-year deals, and you're going to have to figure out what to do with them as well. You know, when Frank Clark's getting double-teamed, to your point, 
on the other side, you've got uh, Deion Jordan and you've got Bark Mingo who are getting cut loose because Frank's getting maybe a double team. But but I, but I guess uh, the uh, extra point here is is that even when he's getting double teamed, he's got ten sacks on the season. So he is really doing something right. And this uh, brings up another extra point of ours, and that has to do with what was being said about the. Legion of Boom. Actually, a lot of people saying the Legion of Boom is dead, so it's now turned into the Legend of Boom. And then we went from that to the Legion of Whom. And to your point, uh, you're talking about uh, you know what's going on there in the defensive backfield. Then you've got uh, you know Coleman and and uh, you know some some of the other guys back there. And uh, you're uh, to your point, you know you're talking about your two corners there, Flowers and and Shaq, who are really coming along. You know, still young guys. You know, we we got one that's a rookie and one that's in his sophomore season. But boy, when you take a look at that defense, it really is getting a lot closer to the boom is back. I think the boom is back because, you know, no matter how you flip this burger, and yeah, I'd like to see them have a couple more takeaways and everything, but you cannot deny the physicality of the back end of this defense. When uh, they decide to run the ball or receiver gets open, guys are flying around, and, and they got bad intentions, quite frankly. These young kids... They're laying the wood to people, man, and it, and it is a lot of fun to watch. So the boom is back in my mind. Yeah, would I like to see him make a couple more breaks on the ball? Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, these guys are physical, they're motivated, and they're excited to be out there just to compete every play. So, yeah, boom is back, baby. Let's do this. Yeah, and I think Michael Kendricks is going to make uh, make a statement on that thing as well. Okay, let's uh, take a look forward uh, in deference to the amount of time we got today and take a look at Carolina. Uh, I haven't even looked to see what the spread is on this game or the over-under, you know, what people are talking about, although they have been talking a little bit about the rushing game and so forth. But uh, total offense, Carolina 15th, Seattle 20th. And total defense, Seattle 11th, Carolina 13th. So in in some regards, uh, kind of um, uh, even up in some categories, but in other categories, it looks like we may be able to run on these guys. Carolina's always been one of those opponents that's played us tough over the years, and Cam Newton, you know, is Cam Newton. And as much as I don't really appreciate me some Cam Newton, he's a good player, he's a good competitor, and he plays tough, and he he can really, you know, scorch you when the chips are getting down. Uh, The offensive categories and rankings can be a little bit skewed just based on the fact that, you know, some of those games they kind of racked some yards in garbage time, but they always play us tough, and it's going to be a knockdown, drag-out brawl. And we're playing in Carolina, so we got to bring our A game. We really do. And, you know, the the best way to win games with great quarterbacks is to keep them off the field. And this week is no different than any other week. And this one, I think, uh, to a point that you've been uh, harping on throughout the course of the season, which I agree with, by the way, and this is is another uh, typical example of it, this game going to Carolina, Uh, Bobby Wagner said about Cam Newton, he said, what you don't want to do is you don't want to let him get going. And the extra point is, let's put more pressure on. Let's let's dial up more blitz packages because when you do, they start making mistakes, they get rushed. The thing with Cam Newton is, is that you put the blitz on him and boy, you better have somebody on the outside to cover because he'll pop out of the pocket and he's a big dude and he's pretty quick and uh, he'll start chewing up yards on you. So, uh, you know, Bobby makes a really good point there, but at the same time, I don't know, I'm really thinking, you know, you need to dial up more blitzes in this game. 
Yeah, it's one of the things that I've been kind of confused about over the past couple of weeks, especially with the Rams game and even through the Green Bay game. And that is, I would like to see a little bit more pressure. You, you just have to accept the fact that, you know, people like Aaron Rodgers and Goff, given the uh, offense that he's running right now, they're going to score points on you. And you got to take your shots defensively just like an offense does. And that, you know, taking shots on defense means dialing up pressure and trying for that big play, that big sack or that turnover. And that happens through really good play up front or blitzing. And as good of a season as Frank Clark is having, we don't have those big Aaron Donald, Sue kind of names across the front to be able to just to sit in a four-man defensive front and rush the quarterback. We need to do that a little bit more with the exotic blitz packages and get some guys going off the edge. We've seen some of that with Bradley McDougal and safety blitzes and even a couple corner blitzes. Um, really like to see them blitz a little bit more, especially in a game like this against Cam Newton, who if you let him just sit back there and pick you apart, he's got a big arm. He's going to find a bit, you know, he's going to find a guy open and, you know, get that ball out to him. So, yeah, this is the time where I think you need to dial up some blitzes. And to your point, yeah, I think you need to kind of spy with Bobby Wagner in this game because uh, Cam will chew up the yards. And, you know, the guy's six foot four, man. If he falls forward, it's two yards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As we wrap this thing up, uh, let's uh, go, go for some uh, quick extra points here. Uh, or just bang them out here real quick. Uh, one of them is that the over-under in the game here this past week with uh, Kansas City and the Rams was like 63 and a half, and they rolled up over 100 yards between the two of them, the over-under. My takeaway from that was we have held the Rams to 30-ish in both the times that we played for them. So I think that speaks volumes about our defense. Yeah, commentary going into the season with the talking heads. Seattle's in a rebuilding year. Seattle's not going to have a great year. They're going to be set, you know, lucky to be seven and nine. And now people are like, well, maybe, you know, this is a pretty good <laughs> shot at the wild card berth. And the bottom line is the defense is a hell of a lot better than the people were expecting it to be. And being able to hold the Rams to, you know, 30-ish points in the first game, holding Todd Gurley to 60-some-odd yards. Yeah, this defense is going to sneak up on you, and I think we're in a really good place to make a really good push through the end of the year here. And Kansas City and the Rams. Sue, where was he the other night? They shut him down, first part. Second part, to your point about rushing quarterbacks and getting them all scrambled, boy, you said a lot of that in that game. I thought there were some interesting plays where Kansas City put some pressure on Goff and got him a little bit rattled. And I think that the NFL as a whole has probably sat up and kind of scratched their head and said, oh, yeah, okay. And you're going to see a little bit more of that going through the end of the season here. So that should be interesting, something to keep your eye on. But to why it's pertinent for the Seattle Seahawks, we're probably going to be in a wild card berth, and I wouldn't be surprised to meet these guys again in their home field. And that's something that's not too far off my radar, and I'm sure it's not far off of Pete's radar. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see us get into a game with the Rams at the end of the season of the NFC Championship and watch us dial up a bunch of pressures. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And one final extra point here. Great win for us last week. And I mean, on a lot of different levels. I mean, it wasn't the most pretty win, but it was absolutely fantastic from this perspective. If we would have lost 
then we would have been four and six. And that would be a whole lot uh, more difficult pathway to get into the playoffs as a wild card berth. That five and five, all of a sudden everybody's talking, yep, uh, these guys got a shot at a wild card berth. And I think as you get a bunch of guys healthy, you get Michael Kendricks back, you know, it's all kind of coalescing. And if we learn the lessons of the previous games here this season, particularly those where we were close with some of the toughest competition in the NFL, and I'm talking about the Rams. If we can learn some of those lessons and carry them forward, I think we're going to be there when it comes down to the end. Thanks a lot for joining us today. This is Seattle Hawk Talk Extra Point, the official podcast of the SeattleHawkTalk.com website. <laughs>